Hey, we're on a series of lessons called A Man in Christ. Are you enjoying this? I'm enjoying teaching it. I'm enjoying, we got one clap. Okay, well, maybe we need to get a new series. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a series of lessons that we're going to be on all summer long and probably after summer because it's so deep that we're never going to explore the ending of this. It's like a well that keeps going down, and the more we dig, the more water just keeps coming up. By way of review, we've made our way into just a thought that the Apostle Paul talked about that we found last week from 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and we found out that, that Paul says that we can be blameless before Jesus comes, and our entire spirit, soul, and body will be preserved that way, that, that God is going to take care of us, spirit, soul, and body. And so we pump the brakes there because in, in church and in God's kingdom and even in the world, people don't identify or know that you and I are a three-part being. We've said this last week, and I hope you've been reminded of it and said it regularly during the week, this thought. So let's make this declaration that we said last week. I am a spirit. Come on. Come on. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Come on. One more time all together. One, two, three. I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. You are a spirit being. Someone said this, and I like the way they said it. It wasn't new to me, but I read it somewhere, that you're a spirit being. You're, you're a, you're, you have a spirit nature. You're a spirit being having a temporary life experience. You're, 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 not, you're, you're not a natural just body having a, ha- having a natural experience. No, you've been known in the very mind of God, the heart of God. We'll read Psalm 139 in just a couple of moments that tell us that. You're, you're not just here kind of going, all I, all, I'm, all I am is just a body. I'm just a mind, and I'm going through life hoping to kind of pay some bills, take a vacation, make some relationships, have some time off, and, and then just when I die, I die. No, you've always been known by God. You, you, you've been made in God's image and made in God's likeness. We'll read it again from the book of Genesis as a reminder to us that the Apostle Paul has this revelation from God that a man or a woman in Christ, every person that's born on the earth is spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, a mind, will, emotions, an intellect, thinking, reasoning, feelings, right? And you live in a body. All we see is your, my body. You hear my soul. I, I see your body. I hear of your soul. And your spirit's connected with that, but your spirit is an entire, uh, is, is a different part of that because we find out that your, your soul can't be born again. <laughs> we'll read the scripture that talks about that. Your body is not born again. Your body, when it's done, stays in the ground. The part of you that lives forever is your spirit and is your soul. It's important to understand. So all we do, all we're, we're taught that all we do is we take care of the outside. We, we take care of with the makeup and the hair and the, and the nails and, and, and try to eat a little bit right and, and take care of a little exercise and, and your heart and your lungs. And we go to the doctor because we, we want to live long. We want to take care of the body, right? But, but there's a whole part of us that a lot of people don't take care of, which is their soul, their thinking, their reasoning, their fears, their worries, their concerns. And so we let the soul mind go crazy, which isn't good. But there's a part of us, there's a part of most of humanity that they don't even know about. That you are a spirit being, you're a spirit being, that we found out that Jesus said in John chapter 3, that your spirit being must be born again. It must experience a new life, 
a new kind of life. And everybody has access to that on the earth. When you find to make Jesus the Lord of your life, your body doesn't get born again. Your mind, soul doesn't get born again. Your spirit gets born again. The part of you no one can see, but the part of you that is extremely important for you to develop, you and I must develop ourselves spiritually to fulfill all the will of God. Can I get an amen in the room? So how do we do that? We feed our spirit. We, we eat the word. We read the word. We think about the word. We pray the word. We confess the word. We come to church to hear the word. We worship together. Uh, we, we, we pray. We, we get with other people and we ask them to pray for us if we're going through something. But we make a diligent and a disciplined effort to read the word of God ourselves. Read the word of God every day. Get alone with God. Find your groove. Find your system. Find what works for you. And read the Word of God every day. Hear the Word of God every day. If you're in the car for long commutes, put the Word of God in the car. And you can hear somebody. Come on, sometimes when I'm busy, I put on my, on my phone that I've got a Bible app like you do, version, And I'll put it on audio. And that brother's reading me the Word of God. Come on, there's all kinds of things you can do. Listen to good teaching on YouTube or podcasts. Surround yourself with the Word of God. Listen to Christian music that's going to edify you and build you up and speak of who God is and His unstoppableness. Come on, everybody. His power and His glory. Because you ain't going to get that at the hump and bump and music down there at the club. Come on. Yeah, we said hump and bumping on a Sunday morning. Let's read the word. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Read it with me. Genesis 1, 26. Follow along. God said, let us make man in our image. Notice, our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man, verse 27, created man. Man means mankind, man and woman, in his own image. There it is again. In the image of God, there it is the fourth time, he created him, male and female, he created them. One more time, all we see God is creating is male and female. No gender confusion, no identity crisis, no, no, no wonder who I am one day, do I wear pants one day, do I wear a dress the next day? No, 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 he created you either a man or a woman. Come on, somebody. That's all, come, come on, that's all there is. That's all there is. Now, now, the part that we need to see, because I think this has been confusing for so many. So one more time, if you weren't with us, I'll say it the last time. We'll go back over this any more time from now on until we teach this series again in years ahead. Is that being made in God's image and likeness means your spirit man is like God's. Listen, being made in God's image and likeness means your spirit man is like God. You don't look like God on the outside. God is not a body. God is not a mind. God is spirit. What's he look like? I don't know. But I know when Jesus showed up, that people saw him in the book of Revelation, and we see Daniel showing, he's got fire coming out of his eyes. Come on, somebody. His hair is white. There's things around the throne of God that there's lightnings and there's flashes and there's angels that when they see just a glimpse of the glory of God are bowing and covering their, covering their eyes with their wings, these special angelic beings, and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. Ain't nobody called you holy, holy, holy when you're walking in Walmart. God is of a different kind. Can you say amen? amen. But, but 
we are like God in our spirit, we found out that we have been given the same spirit as God on the inside of you. Just like your children have your same DNA, you have God's DNA in your spirit. He gave you a mind, a soul, a mind, will, emotions, intellect, reason, thinking. He gave that all to you. Our four kids are all different. They've got different likes, different strengths, different weaknesses, all deposited in their soul by God. Listen, they're all different shapes and sizes. Some are big boned, some are skinny boned like me. Some got long legs, some got shorter legs. Some guys are stout in the rear, some guys are, you know what I'm saying? Come on, everybody's just made different, right? Came from the same parents. Four kids from the same parents, and we're going, dear Lord, how did they get that? Come on, y'all, different hair, different, different texture, all different eyes. Come on, just all different. And then when they get old, you get realizing they all think different. Different soul. But then the body is all we, all people, we just, we just look at the body. Listen, magnify and, and, and don't minimize, but magnify who you are in the spirit. This is the place of your strength. This is the place of your dominion. That's what he tells us. He said, I'm going to give them dominion over the works of my hands. So listen, we wrote it down. Look on the screen. Your dominion over all things comes from your spirit, man, not your soul or your body. The dominion God's given you to rule and reign in the earth, to have dominion over all the things that he wants you to have dominion over, comes not from your mind, not from your education, not from the strength and the stamina you have in your body, but it comes from your spirit man. If that is so, and it is so, then I would encourage you to spend most of your time concentrating and getting alone with God and getting around Bible-believing people and talk the Word, pray the Word, live the Word, speak the Word, worship about the Word, magnify Jesus, because when you do, you're getting stronger on the inside. Now, it doesn't say don't develop your mind. It doesn't say don't develop your, your body. It doesn't say don't go to the gym because if you're a couch potato and you chip and dip all day and don't run, don't exercise, don't walk, don't get your heart rate up, come on, you're going to be a blob one day. Come on, somebody. And we don't want any blob Christians. And it doesn't say don't do anything with your mind and don't take the class and don't, don't, don't go to school and don't get education. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying, make sure that you get the order of importance correct. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I'm going to do everything with my soul I need to do. I'm going to do everything with my body I need to do. I know the, the body, the, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man, we found out, is being renewed day by day. i got to get my inward man being renewed every single day. Or else if I go weeks and months and there's nothing coming in, I'm going to be blown away like a tumbleweed. I'll have no roots. I'll get fearful. I'll get worried. I'll get discouraged. I'll get depressed. I, I won't know what to do with my life. I'll think everybody's against me. And I'll I, I think the, the, the bad guys are going to take over. So I need, to, I, I need to move to the desert and I need to get a bunch of water and some beanie weenie and just wait till Jesus comes. And that's not what God wants. He wants you to be strong in your spirit to fulfill the will of God. Can I get an amen, everybody? 
Now, with this, before we move to just another scripture from the book of Psalms, in fact, if you've got a Bible there, mark it down, Psalm 8, we'll read in just a moment. What, what we need to realize is that your mind and your body, your mind and your body isn't strong enough to defeat the devil and his works, but your spirit is. Your mind by itself is not strong enough to defeat the devil. No mind has ever been strong enough, capacity enough, to come against the tactics of deception and deceit that the devil has because he has been studying man for over 6,000 years. Your body, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a green juice, baby. I'm going to detox. I'm going to break the, I'm, I'm going to do a five-minute marathon, you know, mile. I'm going to get all worked up on the outside. So when the devil comes, I'm going to be strong to resist him. No, 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 no. You don't resist him in your body. You don't resist him in your mind. You resist him based on what the Word of God says. What Jesus said, it is written. This is the place of your authority. This is the place of your strength. This is the place where you feed and you can be able to come against all the tactics of the enemy. Amen, everybody? Psalm, verse 8, chapter 8, excuse me, verse 4. The writer, David, says this, What is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. You've made him a little lower than the angels and you've crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion. There it is again, over the works of your hands. We read that in Genesis 1. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. Do you see yourself this way? Do you see yourself as a man or a woman in Christ that has dominion over the works of the devil? The fears, the worries, the concerns, the don't, don't know what I'm going to do, and, and I, feel like, I feel, feel like the devil's after me, and, and I can't increase, and I can't grow, and I can't do what God wants me to do. No, he says, he says he's put all things under your feet. Uh, all, all things under your feet. Now, it's interesting. Uh, help us out, Amy, if you could back there. Put up verse 5 one more time. You've made man, uh, Psalm 8, verse 5, you've made man a little lower than the angels. Look at that word, angels. And you've crowned him with glory and honor. The word angels in the Hebrew language that the Old Testament is written in is the same word for God. It's called Elohim. The script, the, 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 every, every uh, translator and the, the people that, that have found this and the, written you know, all kinds of uh, documentation about this have all come to the same conclusion, that they believe that the writers or, or the, the translators kind of panicked a little bit with this rendition because it says that you've made man a little bit lower, not than the angels created beings. You've made man a little bit lower than Elohim, God himself. And they panicked with that, and they couldn't understand that, so they put... You made man a little bit lower. It must be the angels. No, we're not lower than angels. We're above angels. The scripture says we're actually going to judge angels. That's what the scripture says. We've been made a little lower than God. Well, that would make sense if we're children of God. We've got God's stuff in us. Come on, everybody, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we're, we're sons of God. We're heirs of God. We're joint heirs with Christ. So I, I need to think this way. It's not, it's not just that God's there and God's everywhere and he's omnipotent and he's omniscient and, and he's all-powerful, which he is. Uh, but, but the scripture tells me that now, now since I'm born again, he, he's, he's made me alive with the very same life of Christ. I've got the life of Christ in me. You do too. He, he's raised me up together in Christ. And he's seated me and you together 
in Christ to have dominion and have authority and to rule and reign in the earth, not because of anything you've done, but because of everything Jesus did. Come on, everybody. So now my place of authority, my place of dominion, my place to, to change my life doesn't come from me. It comes from, from now what Jesus has done for me and what he's done for you. He, we, we have been made a little bit lower than God. So, so again, one more time, we, we, we're made like God. We're not God. Come on, we're not God, but we're made like God. We're, we're made like God, a little bit lower than God. My children are not me, but they are like me. My children are not Kimberly, solely Kimberly. There's no identical one, but they are like us. It's the very same thing. So I've got to think this way. I've, I've, got, I've, I've got to order my life this way. I've got, to, I, I've, got to, I've got to be from a position of praying this way, not begging God. No, I've got, I've got the ability to come boldly to the throne room of grace, to find grace and mercy to help in a time of need. And I, and I can see God work with me, and God wants me to be with him. Why? Because I'm his child, and, and I want my children around me, my grandchildren around me. And, and, and even if they're crazy, I want them around me. Come on, because they're mine. So again, the ability to rule and reign... In life comes from the part of you that's made like God, which is your spirit. You've been crowned with glory and honor. Listen, and by the way, you didn't evolve from anything. You didn't evolve from anything. You didn't come from a monkey from a slime pit and all of a sudden come. No, no. You've been made in the image and the likeness of God. Amen, everybody. So, so parents, you better tell your kids that and keep telling them that. Because they're not going to get it at the school or the library. Yeah. Psalm 139. I mentioned we're going to read this. Read it one more time. Psalm 139, verse 14. David writes again, I will praise you. Come on, that's what we've been doing all morning. Amen? I'll praise you. Why, do, why does David want to praise him right now? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works for me, and that my soul knows very well. Verse 15. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I, I wasn't hid from you. God knew me before I came. I had this conversation with my eight-year-old this past week that you were known, I told her, Taylor, before your mom and dad even thought about having you. You were known. You, God's got a marvelous plan for your life. You, you, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Nothing about your life was hidden. You were made in secret. You were skillfully wrought in, in, in the very depths of the earth. So what we know from the scripture here is that David is telling us by the Spirit of God, listen, that you, you, can, you can know who God is. You, you can know who God is. You can, you can know how he made you. You can have an understanding of how he made you, not, not ever all the intricacies, but where I'm not an accident. I, I, I'm not just a byproduct. I don't care if I came in the earth through a rape, through an incestuous relationship. I don't care if I came in the earth through somebody that I don't even know my mom now. I don't even know my dad now. I've been known by God. I've been fearfully and wonderfully made, and he's got marvelous works for you and me. And your soul, again, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your thinking, your reasoning, has got to know that very well because the devil will paint a tragic picture of your life that nobody loved you. You're here by an accident, and that is contrary 
to the will and the purpose of God. You've been graced with gifts and abilities and talents given to you before time began in your spirit man, in your soul to do things. That's why there's doctors and that's why there's plumbers and that's why there's nurses and that's why there's truck drivers and that's why there's people that work on cars and people that work on hearts. All those things are gifts and talents that God put inside men, inside women, that if we'll surrender that to God, God will begin directing our life and provide for our families, provide for others, cause us to be a blessing on the earth and fulfill the will and the purpose of God. Amen, everybody? Come on, you're fearfully, wonderfully made. Come on, you're not an accident. God's got a plan for your life. And verse 16, he just finishes this thought. He says, my, your, your eyes saw my substance. What a great thought. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Before I was even formed, you saw me. And in your book, check it out. In your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. The, the psalmist David says, God's got a book. God's got a book with your name on it. And, and there are things that you're to accomplish. There's, there, there's purpose and there's plan for you to accomplish. Not just naturally, but spiritually. Who God wants you to be, the direction he has for your life. Who, who he wants you to minister to. And, and, and again, the purpose for your life, it's written down. And so my question, my challenge always is for me is, God, am I, in, am I reading the right book? A am I in the right chapter? Am I in the right season of my life? Am I on the right page? Am I writing, excuse me, am I reading what you're written about me? Or, or am I reading what the devil has written about me? Am I reading what the world has written about me? Am I reading what my emotions, my soul is telling about me? Am I a girl one day and a man the next day? Again, we see the confusion because folks have not found out what God said for them in his word and he's committed to sharing it with you he's not committed to hiding it from you he's committed to sharing it with you that's why he says asking you receive seeking you find knocking the door be open God has has answers for every question that you have and it's not just going to be coming to your mind it's not going to be in your body if there's a red moon or a blue moon or there's three green lights in a row i know you want me to do this no 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 it's going to come from your spirit man come on everybody if i get extra guacamole on my taco today i know the lord wants me to do this no no he just had a little bit extra spoon there slopping it down on you that right now yeah so our key scripture that we found out weeks ago was from second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 so that we get this, let's all read it one more time. There it is on the screen. Come on, one, two, three, read it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, so, so this new creation is what? Your body new created? No, your body didn't change when you gave your life to Jesus. Did your mind change? Did, did all of a sudden you were a, a numbers person that, that you would be in a cubicle and you could do accounting, you could do numbers, and you, you, you're, you're a bookkeeper, whatever you are. You're, you're a statistician, you know, a, a physicist, and you've got numbers and letters. And Come on, that lost me in algebra. Come on, in algebra, remember when they started having numbers and, 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 and all of a sudden the alphabet? They lost me there. Come on, everybody. I, I was done. I was gone. 
but maybe that's you. And it's not, not like that was what I was before I made Jesus the Lord of my life. So now I, I, I'm not that guy. Now, now I'm a people person. I was able to hang around people. No, no, no. Who you were before is who you are now. But you, who you were before, who you are now is going to be on steroids serving for God. Come on, everybody. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. So, so, so the, the new creation, the new creation, look, is your new self. It's your new self. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, in Christ, give your life to Christ, in Christ, I'm in Christ. He is a new creation. What? Uh, 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 on the inside. My new self is a new creation. I, I got to think this way. I've got to train my mind to believe this. Because, again, I'm going to go through some stuff, and you're going to go through some stuff that speaks contrary to this. So, again, it does not depend. We said this before. But it does not depend on what you can achieve but it does depend on what you can receive. Can I receive what Jesus said about me? Can I receive what I read in the scriptures about what God thinks about me? How, how, Kimberly read that scripture, Ephesians 3.20, that we talked about a couple times already today. That, 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 that we, he, we, we would, uh, Ephesians 3.20, but unto him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all I can ask or think. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. Look at those four words. Exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. All I can ask or think according to the power that works in me. How much power is working in you? That is the key that unlocks the door that opens you into the very possibilities of heaven. And things happening in your life that haven't happened until now. How much power is working in you? I've got the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. I've got the power of the new life working in me. I've got the power of the resurrected King working in me. I've got the power where all things are possible working in me. I've got the power, the same power that raised him, Romans 8, 11, Jesus from the grave is now alive on the inside of me. So every impossibility is impossible. One more time. Every impossibility is impossible. It's going to change for me. It's going to work for me. God's going to work out all things together for good because I love him, called according to his purpose. So I'm facing impossibilities I look at it and I say, it's impossible for that impossibility to keep staying. It's impossible. Why? Because I've realized it's not about me, what I can achieve, but it's all about what I can receive. Am I helping anybody in the room? So come on, say it with me one more time. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. So let's talk real quick about these last two things this morning, this soul and this, and this body, because it's part of us. So what do I do with this thing? Well, what, if I'm a three-part being, okay, I get in my spirit, I, I read the word, I pray, I, get, I, get, you know, I just get along with God, I keep developing myself on the inside. Oh, okay, but, but I, I'm a train wreck on the outside. What do I do? Well, look what it tells us to do in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what's the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Don't be conformed 
but be transformed. Don't be conformed. Don't be fashioned after. Don't put on the world's clothes. Not, not, out, you know, not, not dress cool. I'm just saying what the world does. Don't, don't be put on the world. Don't be adapted. Don't have the schematic of your life just like the world's. Because if you do, if you take that chip out and you put that world chip in your phone, you're going to start acting, talking, being, expecting just like them. So he says, you've got to be conformed. You've got to be transformed. He tells us, don't be conformed, but experience continual transformation. How? Transformation, you know the word, we've talked about it before. It's a word we all know called metamorphosis. Our granddaughter, Taylor, actually got something, I think, from Ashley and Giuseppe for her eighth birthday. And it was, it was a butterfly, uh, whatever. And she got five little um, uh, caterpillars. And, and so, so she had this little, uh, little whatever, little thing. You know, I'm not really doing a good job describing it. Like, wow, really detailed. This little, you know. And, and what was it? Thank you. A little nursery. We'll call it a nursery. A bug nursery. I don't know. And they were in there and they fed them certain things and, they, and the caterpillars are there. And after five days, the caterpillars uh, got on a leaf and the caterpillars do what caterpillars do. Guess what they do? They cocoon. And they spun the cocoon and they jumped in that cocoon for about six or seven or eight days. And all of a sudden, five monarch butterflies came out of that cocoon. Listen. That's what the word transformation is. It's the word metamorphosis. You need to go through a metamorphosis every single day because the world is giving you its metamorphosis and the world wants to keep you a caterpillar crawling on the ground begging for another leaf. When God says, I want you to make a cocoon, get along with me every single day, be strengthened in your spirit, feed your spirit, and one day soon, even though you can't see it, one day you're going to break out and you're going to be a butterfly, baby. You ain't going to crawl around the ground chewing no leaf no more. Come on, somebody. You're going to be flying around, looking around at all them little caterpillars down there. Metamorphosis is what the Bible tells us that we are. We're transformed. We're changed. And somebody said this, your mind won't stay any more renewed than your bed stays made up. What do you got to do with your bed every day? Make it. What do you got to do with your mind every day? Make it. When we know here from the scriptures that the only way that you can prove the will of God is through a renewed mind. Prove the will of God by your mind being. Prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How do I do that? By, by, by just being strong in my body and just saying no to the devil and, and, and just having a, having, having a strong spirit. I, you could be strong in spirit. I knew guys that could read the book, could, could quote Bible books. I mean, like, quote all kind of scripture, and they were a train wreck in their soul. They couldn't resist alcohol. They couldn't resist drugs. They couldn't resist women. They couldn't resist God. Whatever it was. And they're a train wreck even though they know the word of God on the inside of them. Why? Somehow it didn't change the way they thought about God, really about themselves, about whatever they're dealing with. You and I have the ability, thank God, because we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body to experience continual change and be transformed on a daily basis. Some say amen, amen, amen. We're spirit, we're soul, we have a body. So he tells us there in Romans 12, 1, what do we do with our body? 
Well, thank God the word tells us. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, present it, a living sacrifice, holy, holy. God sees your body as holy, do you? Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Different translations, acceptable worship, appropriate act of worship. That you do this with your body. I thought that when I come to church, maybe it's just kind of like my spirit and God fills me. And that, no, 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 no. I got to do something with my mind, but I got to do something with my body. That God sees that I need to do something with my body. That's an acceptable, appropriate act of worship that I now give my body as a living sacrifice. We know this from the Old Testament. Every sacrifice was killed. There's no living sacrifice. It's a dead sacrifice. It was living, but its throat got slit. Pardon me. All the blood got drained. The blood was sprinkled. The blood atoned for their sin. Now God says, I don't want your neck slit and all the blood dripped out of you, but I would appreciate if you'd present your body to me a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. I accept you in your body the way I made you. If you're a man, be a man. If you're a woman, be a woman, because I don't accept anything else. I, I, I've accepted you in your body, in your, the way I made you. So, so, you know, God's not body shaming anybody. So don't shame yourself. Well, I wish, and I, uh, and if you want to, me, you know, like I said, cut and chip away and renew and tuck and what, do whatever you want to do. But listen, God loves you the way he made you. Would you love yourself the way God made you? I helped somebody this morning. So your body, your body must be surrendered to God to fully function as a man or a woman in Christ. For the Christian, an uncontrolled body just reveals a weak spirit. Whenever you see somebody that's just, they're, 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 they're gone, they, they, they profess Christ, they, they love God, not saying they don't, but it's uncontrolled. An uncontrolled body reveals there's a weak spirit. And God sees your body as holy. So you make your body holy from having a strong spirit, not strong willpower. I won't. No, no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing. I'm not. No, no, no. no. It's not. I'm going to not do that. It's I'm not doing it for my body. I'm going to do it because I'm becoming strong in my spirit where I can resist temptation. I can say yes to God and no to that. So we govern our life, listen, from our inward man, not our outward man. Not what I can achieve, not self. I just, I'm, I'm, again, there was a push years and years ago. You just need to fast and you need to deny your flesh. And there's some truth there, but you can fast for 40 days and 40 nights and come out of a 40 day and 40 night fast and be the same dude you were when you went in. Because it's not from the outside. There's got to have transformation on the inside. Can you say amen? amen. One last scripture we'll read this morning from Ezekiel, Old Testament. Ezekiel verse 36, chapter 36, excuse me. Ezekiel prophesies of a day coming. He says this, I'm going to give you a new heart and I'm going to put a new spirit in you. And I'm going to take out your stony, stubborn heart and I'm going to give you a tender, responsive heart. 
and I'm going to put my spirit in you. Look at that, my spirit in you. And you'll follow my decrees and carefully obey my regulations. This is the trajectory, even from the Old Testament, of the man that's in Christ. You become more and more spiritual. I'm going to, take, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to take out that stony heart, that, that hard heart, that, that stubborn heart, that rebellious heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. And you're going to be responsive to me. Inside, every person that said yes to Jesus, that turned of their sin, that repented, that said, forgive me, God gives a new spirit. That's responsive to him. That's open to him. They might not know yet how to, how, how to follow that, how to yield to that, but it's inside you and I. So the trajectory, again, of a born-again man or woman is to become more and more spiritual. The older we get, the more spiritual we should become. The older we get, the wiser we should become. The older we get, the more strong, listen to me, in stamina to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Not weaker, not weaker, but stronger. The, the older we get, the more and more revelation from the Word of God we should get that renews our mind that we can say, I can, I can finish and fulfill the will of God. But again, here's what we do know. The struggle is never over between the flesh and the spirit because it's always with us. It's, it, it, it's, it's part of this life experience. <laughs> so what do I do? Daily, I make a decision to come to God, to read the word. Daily, I make a decision to turn my attention to him, to look to him. Daily, I make a decision to, I'm going to discipline myself. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my life on a short rope. And when I mess up, I'm going to run to God. I'm not going to run from God. Amen, everybody? Again, the man or, Christ, man or woman in Christ, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Then how, 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 come, how come there's just so, how come I don't get it? How come I'm, I'm struggling or whatever? Like, one more time. We, we read the scripture last week. It's over in the book of Proverbs. Sorry, I said I was going to cut it. One more scripture. One more scripture. This scripture has been ringing in my ears for, for months now. Proverbs 18, 14. It's in the Amplified Bible. It says, The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and a broken spirit, who can raise up or who can bear? Notice that. The strong spirit of a man will sustain you. You're going through difficulty in life. You're going through some challenges. It's just, well, I just, I just need to be strong in my mind. No, well, that, you need to be strong there. I just need to, I need to make sure my body, yeah, your, your body's part of it, but that's not what this says. It says that your spirit, your spirit will sustain you when any attack comes against your body, when any attack comes against your marriage, when any attack comes against your mind, when anything comes against you and your friends and they're lying and they're deceiving and when, when the boss won't elevate you and there's all kinds of ploys going on at work, the strong spirit of a man or a woman will sustain them in bodily pain or ailment or trouble. We are all going to go through trouble. And there's a way to go through trouble with the spirit of God and being strong and come out the other side. And there's a way that goes through trouble that wrecks people. Why? 
Because the scripture says the ingredient is if you'll have a strong spirit, a strong spirit, you're going to be able to navigate every storm, every difficulty, and every challenge in this life. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, say it one more time. Amen. 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 Come on, stand up, everybody in the room. Father, we're so grateful. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. We're so grateful that you met us here this morning. You met us during worship. We sensed your presence. You met us during the word as we've broken the bread of the word that's feeding our souls, feeding our spirits, challenging the way we think. Work among us, oh God, right now in the next couple seconds before we leave here and you order our life and you direct us this week. Work on us right now, Father. Come on, while the music's just playing quietly, 15 seconds, right there while you're quiet, what's God talking to you in your heart about what you've heard today? Come on, be still and just listen to the Holy Spirit. all the will of God. You see us, you know us, you formed us, you made us. We've heard it again and again today. We're fearfully, wonderfully made. Work marvelously in us this week, oh God. Direct us, lead us, guide us. We surrender to you. Father, I thank you that we are spirit, we have soul, we live in a body. We surrender our three-part being to you, almighty God. All over the room, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, I'll just give everyone the right to privacy. You're here today and you don't know Jesus. You're away from him, maybe. Maybe you've made a pro profession of faith before. Maybe you've been to church before. But today you're just saying, I just need to get my heart right with God. In this place, again today, in this environment, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I I'm saying no to myself. I'm saying yes to Jesus. All over the room, when I count to three, if you want to be included in this prayer, we're going to pray out loud. Won't have you come to the front. Won't just lift up a hand in just a moment. You're just saying, I, I want that. I want Jesus. I want him working in my life. I want to work in my life again. All over the room. You need that this morning. Come on. One, two, three. Lift up your hand. Say, I want Jesus this morning. I want Jesus this morning. Awesome. Awesome. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, with your hands raised, everybody, we're going to pray this prayer out loud. But you that had your hands raised, mean this from your heart. Say this out loud with me. We're going to pray as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord be my savior forever and ever i repent i change my mind and i change my direction fill me with the holy spirit and i'll never be the same in jesus name come on somebody say amen come on amen let's clap everybody come on heaven's rejoicing right now the people that turn to the lord right now come on right now come on right now people are turning to the lord right now